1: Welcome, everybody, inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, Justin Quinn. And since our last pod, a lot has happened in the NBA, uh, particularly uh, things revolving around the Celtics, because I I think it was hours after we dropped our last one. Anthony Davis shipped to the Lakers uh, for a a pretty hefty ransom. You know, I I understand having to, you know, obviously the the Pelicans were going to get as much as they could for him. You know, it's very similar to what we saw around the trade deadline, at least players-wise. I mean, there's some more picks thrown in there, some pick swaps. Last time we saw this many first-round picks and pick swaps in a deal, things didn't go so well for the team that traded them, and we, we would know that firsthand for being on the uh, winning side of that deal. I would say, but it's certainly, I mean, I can understand the Lakers throwing everything at it. You, yeah, I mean, you got LeBron. Your, your your window there is only if what a few years of tops uh how long is lebron going to be able to play at that level i mean who knows the guy's a freak of nature but you know pairing him with davis i i think i think people if anything i think people are downplaying how good they're going to be next year i understand that they don't have the roster rounded out but there's ways to get creative you know and i mean you're going to be getting some guys coming there on on short money trying to win a title um some aging vets i i really think um this puts them, if not in front, especially with the injuries in Golden State, like right at the top of the list of teams that could win in next year.
0: I disagree, but I will I will concede that there's a pretty good chance that if they learned their lessons with the less last time uh, Rob Plinka and or Magic Johnson built a roster, uh, that they could conceivably field a roster with enough capable players uh, to conceivably threaten for a title in a week in West, but much like the trade, I think we really have to wait and see before we we pass any kind of judgment. Uh, Similar to Toronto, I don't think they had too much of a choice in making that deal. Uh, It was either either that or basically dealing LeBron James someplace else because uh, they they really couldn't afford to just blow off an entire other year of his prime um, or what's left of it anyway. The the deal itself, like you said, I, the players are fine. I don't I don't have any problem with the players. I don't even have a problem with the picks. But those pick swaps, they could end up being absolutely brutal if if things go wrong, and they could very easily, particularly if they don't build this roster right, uh, or an injury happens to anyone of consequence. Really, um, they could be in a lot of trouble really, really fast, and could find themselves without control of the draft picks for more than a half decade, which is you know, a big, big risk to take. Uh, They don't really care too much being the Los Angeles Lakers. They think that the Mystique will get them what they need. And, you know, as much as I wrote it off, uh, it seems like it's still kind of working at least through Rich Paul. So even though they may have gotten a lot of things wrong, they got at least one important thing right with the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, We'll see if it is truly right, but it was the thing that needed to happen for them at the moment. So now... We were sitting in a situation where they were poised to add a third star, uh, but Rob Polinka somehow managed to fuck that up uh,
1: again. <laughs> they're, off, they're off to a roaring start on this roster building.
0: Yeah, so that's, so when you tell me that, that you know they can, I don't disagree, but we, we are not seeing the, the most hopeful signs towards that already. So uh, I'm going to say, with an asterisk, sure, I think that they can threaten for a title. Uh, but that really, you know, has changed the, the calculus of everything else in terms of free agency this summer. Uh, it, it basically, you know, we knew this was going to happen anyway that, that Kyrie and then Al um, were planning on leaving. This isn't exactly anything crazy. We we, we saw the tea leaves well in advance. but. You know, then we're hearing rumbles that the Nets are are having second thoughts, maybe, if uh, uh, Kevin Durant doesn't come with them, and rightfully so. Um, Al opted out in the the interim, uh, wanted to resign, and then decides he can get more elsewhere, maybe because of the youth movement direction, or maybe just the money, or maybe both. Um, rumors that it could be Dallas, uh, or I think more possibly the Clippers, uh, particularly if they get, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who may be leaving Toronto, though maybe not. You know, there's so many things that are still completely unknown and are going to probably remain unknown until at least a few days into, uh, summer free agency. Um, then Aaron resigned, uh, and all this crazy shit happened and ends up getting moved for cap space for something on draft night. Um, so what were your thoughts after this whole avalanche of stuff? I mean, were you surprised? I wasn't particularly surprised. I was not happy, but not exactly surprised. What about you?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, we did we, the, the Kyrie stuff. We obviously saw this. Uh, the writings on the was on the wall for, you know, him leaving. And, and I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before. I'm kind of indifferent to the whole Kyrie thing. Um, it's probably best for the franchise if he came back. But at the same time. I didn't want to see that same team that we saw last year. So regardless of what happens, I'm, you know, I I want to see a shakeup in one way or the other. So if it's Kyrie going and we go with the youth movement, maybe it's not the best thing for the franchise, but I I mean, it'll give us a team that will be fun to root for next year. Um, They're still in a great position. I mean, they're still going to be a top four top five team in the East at worst. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting playoff basketball, um, we're going to get to see these kids grow. And then maybe we see Tatum and Brown morph into the, you know, players that, that we hope they become, you know, with, with more responsibility and, and the ball in their hands a little bit more. But Plus, not to mention, we, we you know, if we get a full-strength Gordon Hayward this year, that's, that's something to be excited about, you know? Uh, we've never got to see him. We, we got to see him for five minutes at full strength um, with the Celtics. Um, all accounts are that he's working really hard this offseason to get back. You know, when you're at that level – of play that he was at, um, one of the better players in the league, you, you know, th- you pride yourself on getting back to that. You know, he signed a huge deal with this team and, you know, he wants to live up to that. And I expect him to be much better next year. Uh, you know, that's a devastating injury, especially for a basketball when you're up and down, um, on your ankle. So, I, I mean, I'm excited to watch this team, and I'm excited. And the other thing I'm excited about is if Kyrie's gone, in which, I mean, all signs are pointing to he's going to Brooklyn. Um, you know, there now we have all this other crazy stuff that, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, some of the other options. Um, but, I mean, we, the Al thing, I think, is what hurts people the most because everybody loves Al. And I think of all the things that happened over this past stretch, even missing out on Davis and, I mean, Kyrie, that's, you know, Al, everybody here loves Al. I mean – um, and we understand
0: it. 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 We understand it. I do. It, I do. It
1: hurts. Yeah. And what Al's getting a little longer in the tooth, right? So he, I don't blame him for, you know, seeing the situation. All right. Kyrie's going to jettison. Um, if that's what it was and he wants the shot at a title and maybe thinks the Celtics are probably a couple years away from being legitimate contenders, I can understand that. I really, though, I would think more likely that it's more so than that. I think the Celtics probably lowballed him. Um, and and maybe it's not necessarily a low ball, a low ball in his eyes, you know, um, not wanting to pay him, like, max money for the next four years or whatever, or anywhere near that. Because um, obviously, he'd probably be worth it this year and the following year, but after that, I mean, you know, you know, what are we, yeah, so...
0: I think it could age well enough to, to, to make the deal worthwhile if it had been in a situation where it was declining, uh, but realistically there there's going to be at least two years before without some luck uh that we we would probably see this youth movement core uh in a position to be a real contender and by then uh there's no guarantee that he will be able to contribute in a way that he would want to so i understand that while he really feels like it can be a meaningful rather than you know kind of like a uh how to say uh in-name-only type of contributor. Um, I I, I see why he would want to move on, and after all he put up with and all he has done, being really one of the only steady forces throughout the entire time he's been in Boston, almost without fail, uh, he's earned it, so... There will Where be a video up, tribute.
1: There will be a Absolutely. video tribute. There will be none. <laughs> Kyrie, on the other hand, I'm not so sure about a video tribute there. Maybe they can just put a tribute together of all the stupid things he said. This past so uh, so now we're, we're in the realm of the uncertain here. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we could end up with those guys back I mean somehow. But one thing we do know, we do know for sure, the players that were drafted by the Celtics last week, they got a lot more new players than any of us had ever imagined. We were going to get some interesting picks. I really like some of the picks. They didn't necessarily take the guys who fans were expecting or wanted, even though they were there multiple times. Uh, It always seemed like, Oh, 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 they're still available. Um, You know, ball, ball, ball was available way into the second round. Um, we had plenty of cracks in him. A lot of people wanted to see him with the Celtics. Um, you know, some of the other guys, people wanted to move up, uh, to grab Garland at number four. Um, we didn't do that either. Um, so your thoughts on the picks, Justin, what, what, how'd you feel about the Celtics draft?
0: After thinking it over, letting it soak in, uh, I feel better. Uh, The fact that Tommy likes uh, Romeo Langford so much has made me a lot more at peace with that selection. That was not really my favorite move of the draft. Everything else I'm okay with. After we took Langford, uh, we we moved on and took Matisse Teibel uh, for Philadelphia because they telegraphed uh, their their plans to us. um, And we ended up turning that uh, information to basically leverage them into giving us a pick because of their bad uh, organizational, uh, shall we say, information control. Um, We moved that for the 24th and 33rd pick, uh, and then took Grant Williams, um, who is absolutely already my favorite rookie out of all of them, between the Flat Earth comments and just his general nerdiness. Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen the Flat Earth video with with Sean Sharania, him refuting it. He's got a parent who works at NASA, uh, who I'm sure you've heard ad nauseum at this point. Um, and you know he's just a really interesting. Uh, I think he could actually play this this year, uh, this coming season. Uh, maybe not a lot, but you know as as a, a second to third string guy playing between 10 and 15 minutes. Uh, then after him, we traded the 24th pick to move Baines to Aaron Baines to Phoenix. Uh, I don't know what was going on uh, with Phoenix's side of the draft and all of that, but. They they facilitated that. I thought at the moment that some kind of big crazy move was about to happen because of that. But then all that really ended up doing um, was making some cap space. Uh, then after that we took Purdue's Carsten Edwards at 33. I am really interested in him. Um, Tremont Waters at 51 after that. Uh, as well as some uh, undrafted people we gave um, Taco Fall. Uh, the seven foot seven guy from Senegal, he used to play for the UCF Knights, a an Exhibit 10 contract which uh, lets you join the G League basically after a period of time, um, or excuse me, lets you convert to a two-way after a period of time in the G League. Um, so he's an interesting uh, prospect that Danny managed to snag without adding anything to the cap. Uh, Max Struess of DePaul for another t- potential two-way deal was also taken outside of the draft. But... I mean, there were a lot of comments that this was a very uh, Danny Ainge draft, non-shooting wings, smaller, big, tiny, tiny point guards. Um, what did you think of these guys? I mean, I'm pretty into them, but, I mean, it's important to remember that maybe only Williams and possibly Edwards could conceivably get any kind of significant minutes, likely, this season, even as bare as the cupboard is.
1: Well, you know how I feel about Carson Edwards. I mean, I've been gushing about this guy since we got him. I... I and now, granted, I just, I, I could see him in an NBA role, like, the the ideal role that we thought IT should have been, like, that that scoring, like, microwave option off the bench. And we've seen Stevens have success with guys like that, in, you know, smaller point guards, maybe they're a defensive liability, but yet our defense is still, you know, overall, um, no, you know, a force to be reckoned with, even, you know, obviously, maybe it drops when this player's on the floor, but... To, to manage, like, I don't know, th- seeing what IT was able to do here. He hasn't been able to do that anywhere else. Granted, it's been injuries after the Celtics. But I-, I think that Stevens has a way of getting these guys going. This guy can shoot the lights out. He takes the ball to the rack. I mean, look at how big he was in the NCAA tournament. Uh, monster, monster. He's sh- big moment. He just reminds me a lot of Isaiah Thomas. And I can see him forming into that role that we always thought Isaiah should have been in, you know, with that scoring guard off the bench. I love it. I also love the Grant Williams pick. I think he's a great yeah he's a perfect like wing flexible wing guy and he goes to the rack. Guys like taking the ball to the hoop both of those guys even Edwards for a small guard he can take the ball to the hoop. I, I just exciting guys and obviously Langford you know he had the thumb injury so we're not really quite sure what he is but there's definitely some potential there. Obviously Ainge likes him. When we first started making all these picks and trading and moving, I thought for sure there was going to be some kind of big deal. Maybe there still is coming, right? But like you said, these guys these guys do seem like Danny Ainge type guys. And he never took the guy who everyone thought he would take. It was always somebody else. But but these guys all fit the mold of guys that he likes.
0: That really brings up the question of the other aspect of this. Now, we have all this space. Uh, the Baines move was clearly about – Clearing cap as much as it was about making Baines happy. I mean, the man wanted to play for a playoff team and then kind of got stuck on it. Maybe he knew the whole time, maybe not. It's a great way to throw him some money for being patient. Uh, at the very least, if he ends up getting bought out, which I would hope, though who the hell knows with the Phoenix Suns organization being the outstanding franchise that they have been in recent years. But, now we have uh, in the neighborhood of $26 million worth of cap. We can get to uh, $35 million or even higher, depending on what they are willing to do. But what are we doing with all this? What, we, like, what, what, is, what do you think is the idea here? I mean, we have we have some rumors coming up uh, in, in just the, the last uh, day or so that we are tied to Kemba Walker. Um, what do you, what, like, what do you think is the idea here? And what do you think about, uh, that particular rumor uh, as well as some other options? So,
1: yeah, we've heard a lot about him. Um, we've heard a lot about Vucevic. Um, it, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, obviously we're going to need a big guy, right? So Absolutely. the, the Kemba Walker thing, you know, if, if we do sign Kemba Walker, there has to be another deal somewhere, right? Cause we're not going into the season with Robert Williams as our starting center. At least that would seem highly unlikely to me.
0: I don't, I don't, I mean, you have to think about that. The cap situation, if we sign Kemba Walker uh, for for a max deal, uh, his his level of experience, we are going to have like basically a couple of million dollars if we're lucky left over, depending uh, on what we do. Uh, the, the room exception for like 4.7 million, I think it is this coming season. It's no more than 5 million. It's definitely under 5 million. And, and minimum contracts. Now you can probably get uh, somebody who can start uh, in the NBA for the room exception at the five. It won't be anybody great, even even with the, the free agent market being uh, as saturated as it's likely looking to be. We can get into that in a minute too. Um, but building around Kemba will necessitate dealing somebody for something Uh, Who that would be, uh, I don't even want to try to get into because it's just a point. It'll just start pointless arguments that may never even materialize in the first place. Um, Which, I mean, to me, I mean, maybe that's compelling podcasting to some people, but I don't want to hear arguments about things that are never going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) um, And I feel like there's going to be a lot of that, and I really want to try to avoid that in the next couple of weeks just because what's the point, really? Um, but we can talk about the pluses and minuses of, of a Kemba Walker to Boston situation. Now, if we could, you know, leverage some some market free free market conditions, um, free market conditions market conditions to to get some some good bigs on the roster. You know, not great bigs, but serviceable bigs. Uh, with the wings being so crucial to Brad Stevens' style of play, uh, a dynamic point guard like Kemba who can play with or without the ball uh, can probably function pretty seam- seamlessly uh, with Marcus Smart. Um, I think the fit is good, but the problem is the roster. So you're absolutely right.
1: The building the rest yeah. of the roster, right? Yeah, and and I and I think like like we said, like even when we were talking about Edwards before. K- Kemba is an ideal guy that Stevens can work with. You know, I mean, this is what yeah, you know. In. We wouldn't be. I've seen a, and I've seen a lot of comparisons to, um, Kyrie's game. You know, th- their numbers are not far off. Now, I, I, you know, give Kyrie the edge. I, I, but Kemba is not. It, it wouldn't be that much of a drop off from what we had in Kyrie, and m- maybe perhaps a, a different look. But obviously, losing Al is the is the issue here because if we were able to slide in kemba walker and retain al horford then we i don't think we would have any we i would be really excited about that but but we can't and so that's where we are and we're not going to be getting like like we were talking about the lakers before with lebron and anthony davis they'll get some veterans to jump on that team for minimum contracts and um be able to get some guys. We're not going to be in that situation cuz not everybody's going to be jumping over to Boston to play for a minimum contract or a room level exception. So, you know, we're we're talking about I think getting the center or a center makes more sense. Um, what's what about Vucevic? Is that what what's the is that is he obtainable?
0: Vucevic is really hard to read because Orlando may decide they want to throw whatever they can at him. Um, and they may price us out of re-signing him. Now, they may not, you know, they, it's hard for me to read their organization because they are trending upward, they have a good coach, uh, they are cleaning out the bad contracts that, that, that were signed under previous regimes, uh, they look like they are a team that is trying to go someplace, and it's a heck of a lot easier to, you know, they, they, they may not have contention aspirations so much as just consistent playoff aspirations. And signing, signing the, the guy they already have on their roster makes a heck of a lot more sense to them than going out and getting another one. And he, like, at $20 million a year, sure. I think he would be a great fit because then you can add some other pieces to go with him, a quality point guard. And, you know, he's young enough that he isn't a bad fit for the age curve of the team now. But, you know, I think the defensive concerns are a little bit overwrought with him. He, I think he'll be fine, you know. I think his spacing kind of... Offsets the fact that he's not the best defensive center in the league, and you can find a defensive center pretty cheap that can help uh, pick up the slack if he's cheap enough. I don't think he's going to be cheap enough. Similar ideas have been floated with, say, absorbing Stephen Adams, um, which, you know, I like Stephen Adams a lot as a player, but when you have $25 million a cap on a team with no other bigs, uh, particularly that can shoot, um... You know, for sure. I mean, we have, we have Williams coming in, uh, Grant Williams, uh, who may be able to shoot at the NBA level, but until we know that he can, we don't know that he can. You know, and then what do you do with the rest of the roster? Who's going to be your point guard on a minimum contract that is going to be able to, to hang? I guess you can you can roll with Smart in that role yeah. or re-sign, or re-sign uh, Terry, I guess, and... You know, then you have a good age curve, and you can probably move Adams's contract uh, into a deal for another player. But then you're going to have to really throw some assets into that because we've seen that Adams can't really hang against some of the more elite coverages uh, in terms of being a perimeter player. So you have to adjust your defense. There's just a, there's just a lot of things that you have to do to make Adams work. And I just and,
1: and I don't. I, I I don't think it could be any more polar opposites in terms of Busevich and and Adams in terms of what they do on the floor. Like they're both good rebounders, but we're talking about a defensive guy and a guy that can score from the outside and stretch the floor. And I mean, you know, I, I would imagine that uh, Brad has one way or the other. He'd rather go in those in that you know uh, in that option. I mean, so the. My my problem is, and like you said, Orlando may just throw the the book at him and 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 lock him up. But I think that if we're talking in the range of twenty million or something like that, I just think we'll get outbid by another team. With all these teams with this cap space, you know, there'll be a team that missed out on a guy they wanted, say the Clippers or something, and snag him for more money than we're able to afford. So that's why I consider him a long shot.
0: There's also the issue of the cap itself, and we might as well discuss it here since you brought it up. Uh, I suspect now the the, the big guys are going to eat. You know, the top the top ten or so uh, free agents are all getting a max or very very close to it. The equivalent, at least the equivalent of a junior max, like the tier one max, where which is under under six six years of experience or less. Uh, Everyone below that, it's going to be really hard to tell exactly who is going to get money and who will not and there may be a lot of really good value contracts out there uh, that end up happening you know short term you know two one two maybe three years at most uh with with player options and whatnot at, at the end so players can get back on the market when there is cap space for for people besides the the biggest free agents and i think Uh, We need to consider figuring out a way to leverage that. Uh, But before we get into that, let's talk about, you know, without any regard to the cap. uh, There are a number of non-max players out there that Boston could go for, like Vucevic. Um, I want to know your thoughts on guys like uh, Brook Lopez, uh, Robin Lopez... Jim Michael Green, uh, people people who are maybe, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Ricky Rubio, like like some of the bigger name guys out there uh, without any necessary regard to uh, the cap. Just, just the fact that we know that they aren't going to get max deals. Are any of them interesting to you for people that we should be targeting?
1: I think there's a, a handful of names in there that are, could be great fits. Um, and and like you said, it, it comes down to, it's going to come down to the cap and, and, and what we can afford and, and how Danny wants to maneuver. But if we do miss out on a big center, you know, there, there are a lot of names out there of capable veteran guys. That would be good. Does anyone jump out to you? Because I don't, I mean, you know, some of these, some of these guys are certainly going to be they're They're aging vets. Like we were talking about before, they're probably going to try and lump onto teams uh, with some title aspirations. But that being said, there's there's enough of them to go around that we could certainly I, – I, this list that you have here, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys is on the Celtics because regardless of whatever happens, they're going to have to bring in some kind of veteran big guy, right? And, you know, some of these guys are – these aging guys, Taj Gibson, Ed Davis – I don't know what they're going to command. That's the only thing.
0: Yeah. And that's the, the really, the, 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 thing that is going to make it difficult. A lot of these older guys may end up on some very small deals depending on how the market breaks. And I think that we should actually not waste our time with the Brooke Lopez's of the world, uh, just, just you know, tying up cap, making offers for guys who are probably not leaving their team. Because I mean, look at look at his situation. Uh, and there's there's going to be a lot of other guys like Brook Lopez who are already in good situations, aren't likely to get the kind of money they want. Maybe they just opt into the final year of a deal uh, if they have something like that going on, or they negotiate for a shorter deal with the team they're already on. Um, But some of these other guys, like, you know, the Todd Gibson and Ed Davises of the world, the JaVale McGees, etc., you might be able to snatch up some some older players that way. But, you know, I am of the mind that we should keep an eye and try to predict some of the more, uh, shall we say, not risky, but riskier for other teams to mess around with options. (laughs) Um, So what I mean by that is players who teams aren't likely to be able to retain if they get any kind of an offer that is north of an MLE, a full, tax, a full non-taxpayer MLE, um, excuse me, the full MLE. And, you know, for me, uh, those guys are to maybe... Let's let's just start with the bigs. Uh, I think Randall, uh, Julius Randall, is an intriguing option. I think he's going to get... Uh, more than the 9.2 full MLE, uh, million-dollar MLE that is expected next season. Um, But I don't think he's going to get much more than 13 or 14. So I could see, depending on how the timing works, something in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 being worthwhile offering to him. Uh, Or make an offer for Bobby Portis and Thomas Bryant of the Washington Wizards at the same time so that way you end up with at least one of them. Say like, offer like four or six for Bryant and maybe eight to 10 uh, for for Portis. Uh, He might end up getting an MLE elsewhere, but he also might recognize the fact that he might end up getting stuck out in the cold. I mean, if he's got a good agent, then offering him, you know, even even just North, you know, nine and a half million dollars. So he gets extra money than he could possibly get if he does have to take somebody's full MLE. Uh, Maxi Kleber of Dallas, you know, these are all teams you'll know that are either very, very cap constricted um, or teams that maybe have big free agent plans and not a lot of cap. Uh, They may not want to pay too much more than they're going to end up over the cap once they make their moves. Um, So, I don't know. There's other, you know, the guard guard list of of people, I think, who are also young, uh, but, you know, maybe... What Boston could use is a little bit smaller. The Houston Rockets have Austin Rivers, who I think could be an intriguing fit. He's only 26 years old. And a backup guard who can also kind of play some lead guard, would be very good in that role. Um, Shane Larkin, you know, former, former, recent, I should say, newly minted Turkish League MVP. Uh, he looks really ready to come back to the league. He knows the team uh, very, very well, knows the sets, knows a lot of the players. I think he would be a perfect option in that role. And Alfred Payton, I think, is another interesting guy. I'm not sure that he's going to make sense for the, um, excuse me, another non-shooting point guard on the uh, Pelicans roster that, you know, with, with taking Jackson Hayes in the draft, they have, uh, alongside Zion, people who really just can't shoot the ball. So really, they have like what? Jeru Holiday and who else can? You know, I mean, if they don't resign Randall, then they really have nobody at all who can shoot. And Randall's three pointer is is very recent, just last season. So they probably want another guard who can shoot. Um, and Payton, isn't it? So I mean, there's some there's some options out there that we could get very cheaply and instead of uh, one guy who may or may not end up working out. Uh, in the new system that he'll be entering, you get lots of little cracks at maybe, you know, finding a star in potential, uh, uh, unlikely but possible, and, you know, more serviceable role players on cheap contracts. That way, when something really shiny comes up, you know, one month, six months, a year from now, you have have those mid-level contracts that way you don't have to deal Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to get the superstar player.
1: Right, right. And and I, I think, and I don't know, a lot of people probably don't want to hear this, but I still think there's a good chance that Terry Rogier is back next year. The, you know, the Celtics fans have soured over him uh, through his, you know, partly because of his play this year, but more so in terms of his actions and finding out how, I don't know, cantankerous, I guess, he was this season about his role, but... Yeah, Danny loved him. Uh, he didn't want to deal him last offseason. Um, I, and I think we all thought going into this year, the reason for that was because he was the insurance policy in case uh, Irving walked away. We had a guy that we felt good about being our starting point guard the following year. And, you know, people have soured over that. He's played well in this system before. Uh, he played really well down the stretch last year when we needed him. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to benefit from playing more. I, I think you could put him in the, if 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 he's back and he's the guy and that's the direction we have to go. Uh, putting him in the starting role and bringing Marcus back in off the bench, or, or vice versa. Either way, if they're playing both playing thirty plus minutes, I, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I, I know people are not a lot of people don't want to hear that, but uh, I, I think his upside is better than a lot of these other guys that we're talking about. You know he can be get, he can be gotten for the next few years relatively uh, you know at a relatively low price especially coming off the season he just came off he's not going to get as much as Smart got last year and so we're we're talking about I mean low double digits I would think
0: yeah at the very very most I mean he might even get less than that it really you know just because there will be full full MLEs available doesn't mean people are going to want to spend it on him particularly after seeing how he handled. Uh, adversity for the first time really in his career in terms of his place on a roster, you know? So if there isn't certainty about his role, and there's not going to be wherever he goes because he's, he's basically stepping into a new big role, uh, then people aren't going to be willing to necessarily spend a lot of money on him after seeing what they saw. That doesn't mean that he can't perform like he did. I don't think that that was that noisy how he performed in the playoffs. I think that that is a glimpse at the kind of player he can be. You know, people who are critical about, you know, how well he shoots, like his percentages and such, there's legitimate criticism there because that's a lot larger body of work. Uh, But, you know, he does have a lot that he can bring to the table in terms of scoring when he is really in rhythm. Uh, You know, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad idea to bring him back. You can always Andrej Kylrelenko his ass and and send him like, we'll send you somewhere, but don't show up. You know, you can, you can totally do that if you absolutely need to. You don't need to have him as an active player on the roster, and he really could end up being one of the better options, depending on, on what decisions present themselves. Uh, now, apart from this, there there is probably some kind of, you know, approach that is going to integrate more than one of the angles we've been discussing about. Uh, but I just want to get your feeling on how your confidence in Brad and Danny is after this last season, you know, in terms of, you know, Danny not necessarily pulling the trigger on Paul George, Kawhi, KD, uh, and, you know, just more specifically your feelings about Brad's ability to lead this new roster that is going to be incoming.
1: I would say that... I don't really have an issue with anything that Danny did. Um, now, perhaps he could have tried to make a move at the deadline. You know, maybe, I don't know, Terry's value wasn't exactly that great then, so I don't know how how much he could have gotten or or what he could have brought in. He's not really a guy that likes to make big deals at the deadline. You know, he'll bring in a complimentary piece. I think we were a little further off than a complimentary piece this year. Yeah. So that's why I don't think. I think, I think he went the right route in terms of not trading any of the kids that he wanted to keep going forward and you know, not putting us in a worse situation now as seeing that this was a possibility where we were going to lose Irving anyway. I, I can't really fault him for the roster he put together. I think we all thought that that roster, given the way that this should have been able to win the Eastern Conference this year. I, I mean, going into the season, yeah, I, I don't think that there was any issue with that. He He built a roster that was certainly capable of coming out of the East. Now, they played like shit in the second round of the playoffs. Um, you know, perhaps they lost through the better team. I, I Kyrie played like dog shit in that series. Had we had a regular Kyrie Irving, um, you saw what happened in game one of that series. We blew him off the floor on their home court. Um, so, you know, the, the, they had the ability to do it. For whatever reason, it, it you know, that the, the wheels fell off in that second round. Um, it's something that we saw happen all year where they would just play shitty stretches of basketball, you know, um, but I think that's, for that to blame Danny for that, I don't. I don't think you can. Now, if you want to point some blame at Brad for the way things worked out this season, that is perhaps um, I think more um, warranted because you know, regardless of how the things, whatever transpired, whatever it was that was so bad. I mean, we're hearing different reports. We don't know what exactly to believe, but we're you know we're hearing. Obviously, Terry was some kind of a, a malcontent. Uh, To some degree, we've heard about friction between Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown um, and just an all around. I mean, maybe some of the guys were upset about the playing time that was given to Gordon Hayward. I see. I don't think that that I think that Brad had the right idea and the right intention of getting Gordon back up to speed. You got to put him out there and let him play. Right. I mean, you got to get him in. the. And maybe Brad all along was just like, look, we know we got to get this guy to play. And if he's playing well by the end of the year, then, you know, maybe we'll have a shot. If not, we're doing this for next year. Right getting some miles under him and getting him um, back up to speed. Let
0: me just jump in real quick and get on a little soapbox. Stars of the NBA, GMs, excuse me, governors of the the NBA. Uh, let's, let's consider using the G League for player rehabilitation in the yes. future. I know egos get bruised, but would you rather have a bruised ego or an empty roster? Life I, I
1: dude i cannot <laughs> I, no, I cannot agree with you more and the way that baseball utilizes their their A teams uh and allowing guys to get back the really the, the NBA they have this option available and it's there's like this stigma about playing down there um and i I don't think I, I just think it's they if it was mo- if more guys were open to playing down there it would be so I mean it would be a w- perfect confidence builder. They're, I mean certainly you're going to go down there and they're going to play well, right? Because their their abilities are far beyond some of the guys that are playing they're down gonna there, right? They're
0: going to push you. They want to show that they can beat the star. And you know, maybe while you Well, exactly. That team, but but, but what I'm saying is though, yeah. but yeah.
1: And I mean, what the problem is, they don't want to go down there and get embarrassed by somebody that's not in the league, right? Um, I, I don't know. It's it's I, to me it's a it's a that's that's what it is. No one wants to get posterized by a guy in the G League or something like that to happen. And that—that's—it's a shame because that's <laughs> just think, get like you said anyway. But yeah, right. I just do it at the NBA level, right? It's not as bad. I mean, it, it's just I, nah. It's it's it's. I mean, guys come back from they're out for a month. They go back, they play a couple games, Triple-A. boom, they come back up. You know, um, it, it gets your timing back. It gets you know just your general. I mean, going to practice and running and in an actual game is two completely different things. So to to be able to get those minutes, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's important, and it's something that should certainly be – I just – I think it's the players that, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, You know, and then there's – and the other thing is, too, a team doesn't want a guy playing down there and blow out his knee in a G League game, and then people are going to say, what the hell is he doing out there? You know, but, I mean, I there's just as much chance of that happening at the at the NBA level. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just – I don't know, but I, I agree. I, it, it would be a huge benefit to the game.
0: Based on what we have been seeing, uh, what is your prediction uh, about the the general plan? Like, you know, if you want to give me something very specific in terms of what we do, that's that's great too. But what do you think the plan is going forward with free agency and team building?
1: So, I think the best way to address it is to, and and this is what I think will happen. Um, we'll end up with a couple of players, uh, like you said, on ten million dollar deals. Uh, you know, with the cap space that we'll have from renouncing at least Kyrie and Horford, right? What do we end up with with Kyrie and Horford gone?
0: Uh, I think right now we are right about twenty five million. I haven't checked to see if there's been any updates or anything like so, that. So all right,
1: so twenty five million, and that's not renouncing Roger. That's not just renouncing
0: Rozier or or Morris. So Marcus okay, Morris is so, so, still so available. So all right.
1: So then you put yourself in a situation where you can add two players, right? Like two of the some of the names that we were talking about. Maybe you bring in a Ricky Rubio at point guard. Maybe you can get a Randall too, right? And then you're and you can still you still have the opportunity to bring back Morris and Terry Rozier um, on short deals as well. I mean, maybe Terry's a longer deal, and you could still trade him. I don't know, but uh, you know, I think that I think that's the best route to go personally um I think there's i th- i still think there's upside with Rozier. um you know morris we know can play in the system he played really well this year for the bulk of the season um you know, and you know you you, you need a guy like that a little rabble rouser kind of guy um i think Randall just say let's say it's randall and Rubio if if those two guys can fit in there i think uh, two great additions um you know the loss of al Horford is gonna be huge but uh, at least we're bringing in guys they they play a little different um but you know it's i think you're bringing in two positive players there and a guy like rubio who's a distribute point guard might be the best thing for for all these guys I, I, the, although i guess i guess you're not going to bring in rubio if you're keeping rosier though I think if you're keeping Rogier, you're giving him the keys.
0: Yeah, I think you could bring in somebody like Peyton, who could be... Uh, uh,
1: right, uh, the, the backup point guard. The right? backup and point then, guard who mm-hmm.
0: will not piss off Rogier and still mm-hmm. does what he needs to will stay in his lane. Right. Somebody, somebody like that. isn't right. that him. So
1: I, I, so I guess you could get a Rubio. If you're getting a Rubio, you're probably not re-signing Rogier. But, but either way, bringing in a Randall and maybe it allows you to bring in two big guys, right? Um, and then keep Rogier. I just think I think Danny's gonna go that route because it keeps your options open more and like you said having those contracts those 10 million dollar contracts on the books for short term are perfect for trade opportunities going down the road and that's what you know he likes to be prepared for
0: I mean, if the goal is banners then that's really what you have to do and i don't know i I tend to agree that you know some kind of a hybrid approach is probably happening but i i I am going to say that unless something materializes that is not what people are talking about uh at least at a very superficial level regarding kemba walker regarding uh, stephen adams guys like that unless there's something else going on um, I don't think that those are the guys who are going to end up playing for us uh, next season. Um, last season, Marcus Smart won himself the Hustle Award for the uh, NBA Award that nobody watches besides the people who are in them. I, I don't, I, what, are you, what are your thoughts about these things? I mean, what, 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 what is going on? <laughs> Does that,
1: is that shock you? Does that shock you that he won that award? I, I didn't even know these were happening, and then I saw that he won that award. Whatever. Uh, cool. It's a, It's good. Well deserved. Obviously.
0: Absolutely. Can't be shocked about something I didn't know existed. But, I mean, he didn't know it existed. Yeah. And I mean, he. It should be named after the man, if anything. Um. So yeah, I mean, very deserving. No other Celtics really got any consideration. Al, uh, I think, was in a third place vote for something I forgot what. Uh, they really need to work on branding these if they're going to keep them around. Uh, they need to move them as has been pointed out by literally everyone that they should be immediately after the regular season ends. Um, you can do you can you can kick some of the awards uh, into future seasons for things that are going to be, I don't know, I guess close to the end of the season or something. I have no idea. They just need to rework these because. No one cares, and there's no excitement, and none of it matters. And <laughs> none why of it matters. <laughs> we... I'm sorry. I sound very cynical. No, it's I mean, true, though. Of... I
1: mean, I didn't even know about it. We're pretty plugged in, NBA guys, and I didn't know it was even coming up. So
0: I knew it was happening, and then it was happening. So, I mean, like, yeah. if you're going to yeah, do this, yeah. like, you know, advertise it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I
1: know they do it every year. I'm saying I didn't – I had – it wasn't even on my radar that it was
0: – Yep, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, like, I knew it too, but I didn't know until it was happening, basically. Like, it was, like, an hour beforehand. And I remembered, oh, crap, I I saw something online saying it was happening shortly. And I'm just like, great, great advertising, guys. Uh, How about you keep the starters and advertise your events? Maybe that would be a good thing to do, NBA, in terms of your media coverage. Anyway, I digress. Other moves have been happening. Joe Mazzulla is our new assistant coach, uh, taking the place of Micah Shrewsbury, formerly of Fairmont State played for John Beeline uh, for West Virginia as a player, uh, was part of the Right Claws uh, coaching staff where evidently he made a very big impression. Uh, I think the thought there is to try to reset the culture, not just in terms of Celtics culture, but Celtics style of play, and to have a nice strong connection between the, the G League and the parent club. Uh, considering that we have at least three guys who are going to be joining the team who will be spending much, if not all, of their playing time this season with the Red Claws. Um, any thoughts on, on the hire?
1: Uh, no, I, I don't really know that much about him, but um, from all accounts, it sounds like he's uh, an interesting hire.
0: I mean, there were some people, myself included, who really thought that you know, somebody like Kendrick Perkins would have been a very good hire for resetting the culture. But, you know, there's also the fact that Kendrick Perkins is very, very green in terms of developing young player talent. You know, he's really only had the help in the combine this year uh, as actual hands-on coaching experience that is formal coaching experience, regardless of whatever he did to keep the original big three together. Uh, So, you know, I understand that move. Um... And you know, besides, he would have kind of
1: just been the uh, the enforcer there, you know. Yeah,
0: and you know, I mean, (laughs) lock him in a room with these kids, but I don't know if you need that, you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he might be a little much, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So besides that, uh, we had Shane Larkin, uh, as I as I hinted, uh, winning the Turkish League MVP, leading his club Andalu Efes. If I mispronounced that, apologies. It's the first time I've ever said that team name out loud to a Turkish League championship. They're usually ranked around the third or fourth best league in the world after the NBA. Um, So, you know, it's not a small deal. It was the second-best performance ever in a playoff game with 38 points. Uh, So I would really like to see uh, Boston consider uh, taking him back, and if not, for him to get back in the league, I think that's the goal. And uh, Celtics Life, uh, Eddie Babayan, uh, if I mispronounced that, I've never said that out loud either. Please don't murder me, Eddie. Uh, I I, I was (laughs) hoping you were going to say that because I wasn't sure either. (laughs) Oh, don't kill us, Eddie. We love you. Uh, Eddie wrote a book with Kenny Anderson, a kid's book, The Adventures of Little Ken- Kenny. It's out on Amazon. We'll have him on the pod hopefully next time around so he can talk about how it came to be. Um, it's a really cool book. You need to check it out. It's called The Adventures of Little Kenny. It's on uh, Amazon right now. You can get it in paperback or ebook. And... It's
1: awesome. I read it to my son last night. Really? Great book. Wicked cool. Yes.
0: Wicked cool. So yeah, be on the lookout for Eddie. He's going to come on the show and talk about how he linked up with former Celtic Kenny Anderson. Um, And besides that, all of you regular listeners and particularly new listeners should be checking out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com because while you cannot get tickets until uh, September at the earliest, we do have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, And, of course, we would also appreciate it if you could subscribe uh, on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, and really any podcatcher app that takes RSS feeds, which is how those things run, for those of you who do not not know. Uh, Please, subscribe. Don't want to miss any episodes. We may be somewhat irregular with our posting during the off season, kind of trying to stick to when there's some action to make it worth your listen. Um, instead of trying to grind the juice out of the tiniest stone of Celtics related content. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. We respect all the other podcasts out there who are grinding. You know that's great, but that's not our gig. So you do that. We'll do this. And if you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. If you don't like something, make a suggestion any Celtics like article on Twitter with the hashtag CLPOD because as regular listeners love to hear, we are always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want the way that you like it. I'm Justin Quinn here with Mark Allison clearly needing another cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. We'll see you later.
1: Later, guys.